This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, with my mother and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Heidi. Matt here in California. Hi, Mom. Um, You're in New York. I am. We are going to have a great guest and a friend of ours on today. And she's from Florida, right? She is. She lives in Florida right now. Um, Her name is Lydia Uben. And we're going to talk today, Mom, about transforming your life after loss. Uh, Lydia is great. I know she knows a lot about that. So I'm looking forward to the show. Hi, Lydia. Hi, how are you, Gloria? Hi, Heidi, how are you? It Hi, is great to be here. Hi, Lahia. I'm going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Lahia is the founder of My Meaningful Life and is the executive director of the Center of Transforming Lives in Miami, Florida. She is also an Open to Hope writer, and she is a professional certified grief and life coach, a fellow in thanatology, death, dying, and bereavement, and a fellow of the American Academy of Grief Counseling, so welcome to the show, Lahia. Thank you. Thank you so much. So good to talk to you. And uh, I wanted to know, uh, how did you get into the field of grief and loss? How did I get in this special, yes, in special field of grief and loss? It's, it was inspired by the death of my father, whom I lost when I was 12 years old. And uh, I carried that in my heart. I'm not knowing what what the future will bring to me, no? But when I start, you know, start studying psychology and religious studies and death and dying, I just felt in my heart that that was my calling, and I knew that it was it was inspired by that huge loss. So he is my he's my star that I carry in my heart. Yes. Uh, I love that, the star, because it's a bright, shiny thing rather than a negative, dark thing without hope. Um, they do transform us, don't they? Absolutely, yes. And it is beautiful what you said, because instead of remaining in a dark place, that that's how we feel when we have just lost our loved one, very dark. However, we can just transform that and be in that, that beautiful light, that beautiful inspiration that guides us in mm-hmm. our lives, and also helping others to be inspired by their own losses. I, I love so, that. They really are our guiding lights. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you've got 11 principles of transformation. I know if people go to your fabulous website, and we will give them your website. Well, why don't you just give it to them once now, and then we'll give it to them again at the end of the show. Okay, great. So the the website is... The 11 Principles of Transformation, it's 11thenumber.com. That is, you know, the the number of that particular program that I have. Yes. Thank you. So, which takes me to what I was going to say. What, you've got 11 Principles for Transformation. Can you give us a couple of your favorites? And what does transformation mean to you? What are we transforming? Yes, well, transforming has to do with transforming loss, the loss we are experiencing, into growth. That's how I see it, because, you know, the, the, and the principles, they were introduced in the book, and that's why this is so meaningful, because the book was 
dedicated to my father, and then, you know, I introduced the system there, which is system, no? And I was writing them. I was writing them, and then when I finished, I said, yes, this is it, 11, that's it. And Gloria and Heidi, from my heart, I tell you that when I finished 11 principles, I was taken by that because I said, wow, my father, because he died on an 11-11, November 11th. And I finished. There was no more principles, period. And I said, wow. wow. So you know how it is, no? The, 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 the meaning that we find in symbols, in signs. So for me, that was very precious. And what are the, the ones that, you know, that are the most important? I would say that I start with accepting the loss and sub- sometimes is the hardest one. But sometimes people think that accepting something is, is being happy. It happened, or it's being glad. And I say, no, no, it is not that you're happy. It is just that you acknowledge, well, this is my reality. This is what has happened to me. Because otherwise, if we do not accept the, 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 your new you, not the new reality, then there's no way you can transform it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that would be the the, the needed one, no? the, like the first one. And uh, and I also like a lot the, the third principle because that has to do with your spiritual dimension. And I, I talk there about the importance of three spiritual tools that I feel are so important, which is forgiveness, gratitude, and love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For that. me, are those things that for me, love is the most powerful emotion you know, in life, and uh, I believe that those those spiritual tools or elements are really important in our in our grieving and healing process. Mm-hmm. So, how does now, so, I, I was just wondering how does love come into play in the healing process? Love first, and I say this in a video that I just did not too long ago that when we talk about having our loved one, not that we lose someone we love, we may lose them physically, mm-hmm. but love is eternal. And you know that. You know, you do know that. Love is eternal. So when we can take that love that we feel in our hearts for that special person, and we take that and we, we just, based on that love, honor that person and finding that meaning and making those changes that are beautiful, inspired by love. So that's how I feel that is the most powerful. I love that, Lihia. So love love lives on long after the person has died. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Heidi, that my father died more than 40 years ago. I was 12. I am 56 now, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing him have his picture now in my center, and he lives in my heart. Yeah. He does. His love is here, so, yeah. You know, I love to hear you say this, Lugia, because there are so many people that say, I'm, I will never get over it. I'll never be happy again, or, you know, and... Uh, I I don't know. I am happy, and and you sound wonderfully happy, and you're happy, right, Heidi? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely happy, and I, I and I have transformed my loss. I don't necessarily think that I'm over Scott. I don't want to be over him. I'm over all the pain, mm. but I have I have transformed. I mean, I continue a bond with him in a new and different way, and he is still a guiding light, and he's a huge part of my life, and he always will be. 
Yeah, oh, that's beautiful because yes, and that's a thing that, and what he just you know said, Gloria, to that. That's one of the greatest fears that people have. Sometimes I just had that you know that experience actually this past Friday, for a young young woman that she lost her mother, and it's it's that fear, you know, and that you know I I hear you know very very common if we are going to be happy again, mm-hmm. and yes, that may be a fear. Because at that moment, we are grieving very, very strongly. And, and at that moment, we are experiencing very strong emotions. So everything has its time. If we allow ourselves to open our hearts and just what you say, you know, open to hope, what can I say that, you know? So you open your heart. You open your heart for that hope and for that happiness. That will come as you, as you know, as we realize that that love lives in us, and there mm-hmm. is some purpose. How we're gonna make that happen? So when we just have that shift and transform that, then that can bring happiness to our lives. Well, I know that you had a bad accident because we were planning on seeing you at the Association of Death Educators, and you had a terrific accident. Uh, what I wondered, uh, didn't you almost die from the accident? Wow, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to our conversation. I didn't know we were going to talk about that. I appreciate it. And it was very serious. Yeah, it was last year. I was crossing the street, and I was hit by a car. Mm. Yes, and, you know, I lost consciousness. My my head, you know, was open, and uh, I needed reconstructive surgery in one of my legs. So... I'm so grateful to God that I'm alive. I am so grateful. And you know that it was, you know, extremely serious. And the thing is that when I opened my my eyes, that I regained consciousness. And it was that sense of being so amazingly grateful for being alive. And, uh, And I think that that sense of gratitude, of being, you know, in that aspect was that what helped me heal from my inside out, you know, with that, in that accident. Yeah. So, so Leah, it sounds like, I mean, I saw the, the, some of the photos after the accident when you were recovering and it, they, you just looked, it was horrible. And I'm so, so glad that you are here today because I could clearly see how serious this was. I'm wondering, did you use some of the 11, it sounds like you used some of the 11 principles of transformation in, in your own healing process after you were hit by this car. Excuse me, can you repeat that, Heidi? Did did you use some of your principles of transformation as you were healing from your accident? Absolutely. And you know what? That is so interesting because it's not that I thought like, okay, you know, I'm going to think this is principle one and this is principle two. You know, it is, they came out, you know, out of my heart because I found myself doing that a lot doing that processing, you know, and doing that a lot. And it's, you know, the first one, you know, was, you know, accepting what happened to me. And it was super strong. It was really strong. And it's interesting also, I'm going to bring that, uh, what do you call, open to hope. I always had hope that I would walk again. Mm-hmm. Always. And it was like, it never occurred to me, oh, no, I will not walk. No, I was so happy, so excited, and so grateful to God. So, 
and and you know the the love and you know and being grateful and forgiving you know what happened you know it it, it happened that's it you know I I led it to God that's it that happened and I went through my grief you know went through the process you know of going that and also every single day I was extremely extremely grateful and so and I did you know the different principles you know I took care of myself I shared with others I expressed my feelings which is principle four because I do not believe in pretending. I believe in communicating, and so I found myself using them with the, throughout the process, throughout the process, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how about the person that hit you? Um, uh, how did you feel about them? Because and, and, I think people get so stuck sometimes in anger and, and shame, and they get involved in lawsuits and all sorts of things going on that uh, I see people sometimes not moving along in the process. No, and, and thank you thank you again for asking that. I do not believe at all in keeping grudges for, for anything. I don't believe in that. I, I think that, you know, and I, be, I, you know, I don't believe that these things, you know, you know, are on purpose. You know. No, things happen in life. Things happen. And it's up to us if we keep, you know, bitter or how come, how, no. Because, you know, that is not... Good for our heart, and that's my philosophy. No, good for our hearts and our souls. No, I love to be in peace, and to live in peace, and to live grateful, and letting go of any, any, any thought or sentiment that it doesn't agree with that. Because again, you know, when things happen, you know, sometimes you know you don't plan things, and they happen. So, I don't, I, I couldn't keep any but feeling that it was not produced, you know, there, yeah. It didn't happen, yeah. So, so Ligia, um, I know that you are Hispanic and work a lot with the Hispanic community, and I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about, are there differences in the way people in the Hispanic community grieve, and and if so, what are they? Okay, thank you for the question again. Yes, I'm Hispanic. I'm from Nicaragua, actually, living in Miami. And, well, you know that losses are universal. And we all grieve, you know, because it's the the natural norm and unique response to a loss. And I say unique because, yes, it is unique for each individual. However, there are ways that had to do with our culture, mm-hmm. that is how we express, I would say, the grief, how we express it. And in the, and again, you know, this is general, not saying everybody does it, no, but in general, no, that we Hispanics are, you know, we tend to be very expressive, you know, mm-hmm. the way the way we, we say the things and carry on, you know, uh, what we do, and our traditions, you know, tend to be like more, in a, let's say the morning aspect, you know, more into traditional, more into, you know, wearing black clothing, more into things that express how we feel to others and very communicative. You know, that's the way we generally are because we carry on our values and traditions and sometimes living outside of our country and living, for example, in the United States out of um, for country of origins, we we keep the values and traditions that we had in our countries to have the same type of, you know, funerals if we can or viewing if we can. 
sometimes, of course, we have our restrictions because of the the different um, ways that they are carrying on here. But some cultures, for example, the Mexican culture, that they have even mariachis, you know, this band of musicians, sometimes they bring them to the viewing or at times if they're allowed, you know, to cemeteries because they want to keep their traditions because, you know, that that gives us value. So we have different ways, and based on the different um, Latin American countries, there are different ways, you know, for the viewing. Some people are more solemn, you know, very, very quiet, very solemn. Other places, you know, they bring food. Like when my father died in Nicaragua, there was no food. You know, and in my times, so the viewing was at home. So it has to do with that. If it's in a in a small city, or if it's in a big city, you know, a small city sometimes they give you know liquor and alcohol and you know uh, little cookies, and they carry the the casket throughout. You know, from the viewing to the cemetery. So it's different. You know, but the expression. We tend to be more expressive. Mm-hmm. Even more expressive. If, you know, yeah. Well, I've also noticed, I live in New York City, and I've also noticed when somebody dies here, if even if it's if it's outside or inside, they will go to wherever either they died or where they live, outside the apartment, and people will create amazing shrines. I guess it's called shrines. People will bring candles and stuffed animals and all and pictures of the person that died and create these amazing places. It's a memorial, really. And you can go and just... You know, it brings people there, even strangers. We go and just pay tribute to that person that died, and I love this ritual. Yeah, thank you. Yes, because it's like altars, you know, because we have them at homes also, domestic altars, and as you call it as well, you know, shrines. Yes, okay. Yes, it is a way to honoring, you know, honoring our loved one. Yes. So, you know, it has to do with a lot of expression, and also when someone dies and people cannot, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, afford, let's say, the, the, the funeral, or they have to send the, the you know, the, the, the party, you know, to the country of origin, people come in and they pinch in and they, and they help, they contribute, you know, to, to, to the funeral or to be sent, you know, the body to the country of origin. So it's, it is a lot of people coming together. I love you know? that. People coming together to honor the person that died and to celebrate their life and to grieve together. Yes. Well, Lydia, where can people find you if they would like to to find you and use your services? Okay, I am in Miami, Florida, and my address is 7600 South Southwest 57th Avenue, Suite 211, Miami, Florida, 33143. I also have the website that has my name. It's L-I-G-I-A. H O U B S M Boy E N dot com. Great. And you and you run the center, you are the executive director for the Center of Transforming Lives. Yeah, I am yeah, I am the founder. You the know, founder. I, I founded Very good. the center and where you know we also do meditation classes, working with the bereaved, working with people like, you know, embracing life again. That's my purpose in life. Know that we go through grief because it is important to recognize grief and to give that opportunity to every single person. Sometimes society doesn't allow us you know, to express our grief, but we need to do it. But once we do that and we work through that, then to open our hearts again, to keep that love as a flame, as a star, to keep on embracing life again, and then we are able 
to transform our loss and transform our lives. Oh, I love it, Lucia. You're great. Well, stay on for a minute so Heidi and I can chat with you after. Okay, thank you great. again thank for being on so our show. Much. Thank you, Lihia, and thank you so much for, for talking about how we can transform our lives after loss. Okay, I send you a hug. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Well, Heidi, isn't Lihia great? I mean, she is such a fabulous person, and, and what a positive aspect. I mean, goodness, uh, having that terrible accident, and you can see how she's been able to bring things through. I think sometimes when we've had very difficult things in the past, we can kind of hearken back to them to help carry us through. Absolutely, Mom. She is such a genuine, wonderful person. It was great to have her on today. And uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to our show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.